What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Trust the Bank podcast. It's been a while. So, Joshua, why do you hit everyone with a little bit of an intro and tell everyone how you're doing today? Oh, uh, man, what's going on, uh, TTB family? It's like McConnell said, man, it's been a long time, you know, since we uh, did an episode. But listen, all season's been, it's, it's, it's been tiresome, you know, ain't nothing been going on. But hey, we in the middle. We close to the middle of July. We're about to get ready to get back into the groove of things. And, you know, y'all know what to do, man. Make sure y'all subbing up. Make sure y'all like, subscribe, comment, share with your friend, and even share with your, you know, your, your aunt and uncle, man, because uh, this is about to be a good episode, man. We talked about the cut, um, some cut candidates for the Ravens, uh, who's going to be Lamar's go-to receiver, and is this going to be a new era for the Ravens? So, McCall, let's get into it, man. Yeah, and, you know, I just want to hope everyone – that attempted to was able to receive their training camp tickets. Some of us were less fortunate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> everyone send a prayer for Joshua. Uh, Shout to out to Seat Geek. <laughs> Shout out to Seat Geek for being the for being the company that they are. You know, so much rebuffing was so crazy, man. Yeah, it's just like I don't know the way that the whole thing goes you know free tickets and then everyone just resells them it's just kind of a little bit weird to me but it's almost training camp time you know that's when we finally get back into like this is the most i mean it's the most dead era of the football season there's nothing happening you see people i mean like nfl media people are tweeting about josh allen and and his girlfriend Haley steinfeld steinfeld not steinfeld um and it's like okay Let's get something going. Like, let's get some news happening. Yeah. Um, but generally, in this type of the offseason, no news is good news, right? But that also means very little to talk about, um, which has been difficult. But you know what? We're, we're powering through. We got some good topics today. Shout out to the people on the YouTube community section that we asked about it. But, you know, one of the first kind of ideas, this wasn't the direct question. We'll talk about this definitely another time but the original question was kind of like what are some players the ravens could sign uh, that potentially get cut by other teams um uh, and that one I, I do want to pull up uh who said that but the we ended up transitioning over to who are some ravens that could potentially get cut and this one came from ramsey uh 002 so you know thank you for that um oh i'm sorry i read the wrong question ramsey 002 asked about fantasy football but we already talked about that um it was from jonathan jones jonathan jones always asking good questions um but joshua if you're looking at this ravens roster you know obviously there's potential for additions you know go after receiver maybe you know db maybe edge rusher whatever it is we had a lot of players who are some guys that are borderline cut candidates that may or may not make the team that are sticking out to you Man, as I constantly look at this uh, dev chart, I think we have to start with the wide receiver room. I know we wanted to improve the wide receiver room. I know we had some guys that we really was hoping for and rooting for to be, you know, those emerging presence on the, on the, on the offensive side of the ball. But I'm going to have to go with my number one guy that I really wish that um, made a name for itself here in Baltimore. But I feel like he need a he needs a refresh, restart, and a better, better opportunity, and that's going to be Mr. James Prochet the second. Um, honestly, man, you know he has a great work ethic. You know when we heard about you know his accolades and what he did in college, and between him and Devin Duvernay, there was only what like between three to four drop balls out of the both of them in a in a college career, and now you see you know him in the NFL. He has moments, but it's like 
he's just getting thrown in the fire. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's worked for him. And honestly, um, with everything they've been doing, how they've been recouping the wide receiver room, I feel like it's I feel like it's time for him to go somewhere else and, you know, possibly be that number two or slot receiver consistently. I think he will be a good fit for um, – Oh my goodness! What's his name? Daniel Jones in New York. In, in New York, um, I don't like New York Giants, of course. But hey, if I want to send one of my guys away, I feel like he'll have the best opportunity there. So that's what that would be one of my um, one of my first cut candidates. Yeah, I think James Prochet is an interesting one. I mean, you look at the wide receiver position; it looks like there's about nine players fighting for two maybe three spots at the back end of that roster, right? Yeah. You've got, you know, I think we have the known, which is Flowers, Bateman, Odell, DuVernay, Aguilar. Yeah. After that, it's Prochet, Treadwell, uh, Mike Thomas, he's injured right now. Um, so, you know, he's not going to be able to make it. Uh, Tylen Wallace, Shamar Bridges, Tariq Black, Andy Isabella, Sean Ryan, and a lot of people's favorite, Dante Dimas uh, Jr. Yeah. Those guys are all fighting for maybe two or three uh, spots. So, any one of those guys could end up getting cut. You know, obviously we wish the best for all of them. Um, but, you know, James Prochet has, has been here a few years. He hasn't been able to take a step in the receiving end. Special teams, you know, he has participated in it so that he does add that value. But, you know, he's get, it's going to be a tough battle for him. The benefit he has, I think, like as the training camp warrior. Nobody gets more hype in training camp than James Prochet for day sure. in, day out. It's always like – James Brochet, more acrobatic catches. And it was always like, but Greg Roman will never use him. Maybe Todd Munkin. Maybe he'll be able to figure out what to do with him. My guy that I kind of want to bring up is is Brent Urban. And I really like Brent Urban. Um, I think he's on a good contract. I don't think that would be the reason why. But, you know, this defense, we're going to have to cut some people. And Brent Urban isn't somebody that I'm looking at as, okay, we need to have. Is he valuable for special teams? Yes. Is he valuable as a depth veteran? Yes. But, I mean, we have Michael Pierce, who, yeah. if the Ravens are willing to keep that salary, uh, Michael Pierce, Matt Abike, Travis Jones, Broderick Washington as well, all is four just interior defensive linemen right there. And then on the edge they have plenty of other guys as well that can play there. So it's just like, you know, which uh, interior defensive lineman – are you going to take which three tech are you going to keep? Because we can't keep six. Um, and Brent Urban, he doesn't have the upside. He has the stability. And I like that. I also feel like if he was cut, he wouldn't be picked up by another team. Um, and so, it, you know, the Ravens a lot of times do that where they cut a guy, yeah. they throw some guys on IR. And then after he clears waivers, they re-sign him back to the team. Brent Urban, I could 100% seeing that happen with. But he, he may not be on the roster um, for a little bit, you know, in the month of August. Yeah, man, I mean, I could definitely respect that. I mean, you know, like like we, you know, we talked about, man, uh, Michael Pierce, he still is, you know, a homegrown Raven. So I know they're not going to uh, want to give up on that guy um, just that quick. I mean, he's coming back from an injury. Um, he was there at OTAs, I believe. Um, so, you know, he's showing that leadership ability around those younger guys for the Justin Meta BKs. Shout out to Broderick Washington and his um, his clip today. He's working hard. He is, he's in his um, farm. This is this is his contract year as well. Sheesh. Oh, man. So, um, and, and even Travis Jones. Travis Jones, 
um, was this was was a big steal for us uh, in the previous draft year. So I mean, it's definitely you definitely can see um, a move like that for Brent Urban. But I gotta add two more guys, and I'm gonna stay on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm gonna get my reasoning. First one is gonna be Snoop Tyler Huntley. I just feel like huh, I'm, I'm, I like I'm, that one. Yeah, you know, I knew I knew we would be on the same page about that. I feel like you know we have to cut him this year. The reason I'm saying cut him this year because if Lamar Jackson does go down, I'm tired. Of, I, I do not want to see Ravens turn to go crazy and say, "Oh man, our savior Snoop is here." No, he's not the guy. He's not the guy. He's not the guy. In that playoff game last year, he showed he's not the guy. <laughs> and honestly, you know, with Todd Monkey, yes, Todd Monkey, we've seen what he's done with some of the, um, the some of the non-most polished white uh, QBs with the Stetson Bennett's, the Baker Mayfields. You know, I mean, he had a he he coached the goat, I believe, Tom Brady when he was. I think he only coached Jameis. Ooh. 30 for 30, Jameis? I think it was the year before the 30 for 30 was his last year. Because I don't think okay. I think Bruce Arians fired him. Okay. I think Bruce okay. Arians kept him. Okay. Then so so he's yeah. Between his NFL and uh college college career, he hasn't had a real star, a big star named QB then. So um but I, I feel like he's going to have. I, mean, I feel like he's going to have a great fun with Lamar Jackson. I, you know, I'm glad that him and Lamar have already connected. But I feel like you know, um, Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown is a throw of the ball. He's not that fast or electric when it comes to his running ability. But you know, he can do enough as far as like play action and things of that nature. I feel like he will work to Todd. I feel like Todd Munkin will work to the better of his strengths. And um, you know, I'm not. I'm not wishing for Lamar to get hurt. I'm knocking on wood now. But if, but if Anthony Brown or even Josh Johnson would have to step in, I trust those guys more because they are better throwers of the ball. Now, my last person would be, yeah, y'all may not like this knee, but I don't care. I'm staying on the offensive side of the ball. It's Mr. P- it's Mr. Patrick Pancake Ricard himself. The reason I'm saying that they gave him too much money as a, as a fullback, um, I, even though I love my running backs, I do, I do. But Patrick Ricard, you know, with that 325 frame, Lining up uh, in the slide or as or in any type of wide wide receiver formation, it it kind of bothers me. It bothers the hell out of me because he doesn't really got the got that he doesn't got the hands. Also, he just he's he's a wasted part of the personnel, you know. So I feel like if we can move to the Ben Mason, who can possibly be the Kyle Juszczyk, you know, to this offense. I feel like that would better. I feel like he would be better suited for what Todd Munkin is having in place. So um, those are my those are those are my other two cut candidates for right now. I'm all in on the Snoop one. So the idea with Patrick Ricard is we want to reduce the amount of fullback usage we have. What if we keep him? Thompson. Will we bring him back to the two way? And we cut a guy like a a Brent Urban and get Patrick Ricard back on the defensive line. Is that a possibility at all that we like see Patrick Ricard return back to playing defense because the Ravens aren't going to use a fullback as much this year? It comes down. I feel like it will come down to his ego. If he really wants to, you know, accept that two way role. I mean, yeah, he did it before, before he got paid. We all know that, you know, in the NFL and the NBA uh, precisely guys are going to do what they have to do until they get their big contract. I mean, yeah. 
So that so it really comes down to ego and what he's willing to contribute to this team. So if he's willing to, to be on his Swiss Army knife um, timing and contribute both ways, by all means, let's keep him on the team. But if not, let's do what we got to do best for this team. Yeah, that's definitely good. Um, do you have any other guys that you want to talk about, or, or is that uh, or is that pretty much it? Um, do we send Jalen Armand Davis with your boy Amar Marshall? Ooh. <laughs> that's the only that's the only other guy. I feel like Jordan Swan would be like Jalen Armand Davis. I think we keep Jalen Armand Davis more because I think he was drafted as a project. And Jordan Swan's a guy where if he gets cut, nobody's picking him up. Whereas an Alabama cornerback going into his second year, they're probably getting picked up by another team. They're yeah. gonna get, you know, not to use the term, but they're gonna get uh, swooped. Not to be confer- confused with Snoop. <laughs> All right, man. Um, but kind of, you know, we've talked about wide receiver a little bit already. Yeah. Um, one of the big things that we're looking at is the wide receiver position with Lamar Jackson. Obviously, it's improved. It's very different yeah. from what we've had in recent years. It's it's Lamar, it's Odell, it's Bateman, and it's Safe Flowers. Well, two of those guys are brand new. And Bateman, how many games has Bateman played with Lamar? Ten? I would assume 10 maximum, maybe 12, but probably about 10. Yeah. And, you know, which one of those guys is going to step up? Odell off the big injury, the rookie in Zay Flowers, or is it going to be the guy that's played a little bit with him but has had some injury bugs and not been able to stay off the field? But we saw it last year Mm -hmm. at the beginning. That connection was pretty good. You know, it wasn't Lamar to Hollywood, but it was good. You know, he was hitting the deep balls. Who do you think steps up, Joshua? I know everybody. I know everybody is talking about the Florida connection with him and Zay. I know everybody, you know, is salivating over the Odell Beckham coming here to Baltimore and um, and Lamar. You know him, them two out there celebrating off the off the uh, move and him being, you know, literally um, drained. You know that we saw the clip that night. But I gotta go with Rashad Bateman, man. I gotta go. I gotta stick with Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman. I know everybody be like, "Well, Rashad's not working out with him in, in the summer camp." Right now, he's rehabbing. He's still rehabbing. He's still, you know, working on getting better. And he is getting better. That's the great thing about that. You haven't heard anything about a relapse or anything of that nature. So honestly, it sounds like you know Rashad. You know, like you said, when we don't hear anything, that sounds like good news to me. Forward progression is what we want for our wide receivers. And this, if this can be the year for uh, Rashad Bateman to stay healthy and be that guy for Lamar, I feel like the sky the limit. I feel like I feel like Rashad Bateman will be a thousand yard receiver this year, uh, and he, he stays healthy. Because um, you got to think about it, Zay Flowers, he will be that guy to t- he will be that over the top guy. He will. Um, I feel like Rashad Bateman will be the the uh, the yards at the. He will be that yak guy, and Odell. Odell's going to do what he does best. He's going to hit the soft spots, make his stuff available, and you know when he's available, Lamar's going to hit him. So I definitely could see this being a great opportunity for Rashad Bateman, and we also forgetting another guy too. Um, Mark Andrews. You have to pick your poison with this offense now. And if we have more precise and concise, you know, 
wide receiver routes and schemes, hey man, it could be an open season for damn near everybody. Yeah, you know, so it can be like how Patrick Mahomes, you know, had Sammy Watkins, uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, who else before he left? Oh gosh, uh, Tyreek Hill, you know, Nicole Hartman. Though it could be that type of situation in Baltimore. It just comes down to them guys staying healthy. You know how Todd Munkin plans on cooking up this offense, but right now, um, I'm locked in on Rashad. I think Rashad's a decent choice. I mean, I don't think any of them are bad choices. I think I'm going to go with Odell mm-hmm. because Lamar Jackson likes that Mark Andrews type that is able to just, you know, you can just throw it up to him and he'll be able to catch it. Yeah. But I think as the season moves along, week by week, we're going to see Zay Flowers take over. And maybe in the playoffs, Zay Flowers becomes the guy that Lamar Jackson, the Ravens offense, is, is keying in on mm-hmm. as, okay, He's our main focus now because of that quick explosiveness and the unique ability that he has to get himself open space, but also um, create space between himself and a defender through that shiftiness. I think Todd Munkins are really going to want to utilize that a lot, um, even though you know he's had success using Odell as the main focus of his offense. I think that he's going to try and transition, having seen the college game and, and explosive, dynamic, smaller wide receivers have kind of taken over college football. You know, yeah. you look at you know who was the last wide receiver to win the Heisman. It was Devontae Smith. You know, a smaller guy, not a big body. Obviously, the best receiver in college football last year was Marvin Harrison Jr. But if you look at it, Jalen Hyatt had, had potentially better stats. So yeah, yeah. You know, he's kind of watched these smaller guys. You know, just torch defenses. Maybe um, you know he, he goes with the smaller guy and tries to build out a uh, an offense for him. I mean, I mean hey man, you know, it, speed kills. I, I don't know about you, McConnor, but um, I watched the OT seven uh, tournaments, and um, even though they just seven on sevens, whoo, these young men yeah. out there playing. They they out there playing. I mean, I love to see how they're going to do with the pads on, but you know, speed kills, man. And I like I like how you brought up Zay Flowers, and Zay Flowers could be, he could be the little engine that could, he could be, the, <laughs> he could be the Ray Rice and wide receiver in our, in our wide receiver um, room. You know, when we saw Ray Rice back then, he made almost anything happen. You know, that center of gravity was crazy. You know, back then the linebackers wasn't as fast. You know, if you put a Zay Flowers in this style of offense that they're that that's supposed to be becoming. I I, I, really, I truly believe Todd Munkin is going to be, you know what, let's continue feeding the hot hand. And if Zay, yeah. if Zay is that guy, you know, for that week or that game or, you know, for whatever, you know, for however long, I don't think Todd Munkin is the, is the type of OC. And even Lamar, we've seen it. It don't matter, you know, how bad of a game Hollywood was having. He still would target, he still would target Hollywood. And it, it didn't matter, you know, um, if Mark Andrews' ankle was hurting, he still would target Mark Andrews. So if he feel like his connection is going well with, you know, either one of those guys, he's going to keep feeding them for sure. Yeah, he's always been one to to try and get his his guys involved, right? You know, yeah. if, you're, if you're friends with somebody, you know, and you're playing 2K or you're playing basketball with them and he's missing shots, you're going to keep feeding them because you want him to start hitting it. Like Lamar's gonna keep feeding him. Like, how many times yeah. did Hollywood drop an open touchdown? 12? Oh man. 15? Lamar kept throwing it though. Why? Because he wants his guy to eat. He wants yeah. his guy to play well. Get that contract. 
you know, I think that he, that's what he's going to do, you know, with these other wide receivers is he's not going to give up on any of them. Uh, Lamar Jackson is a very positive guy. He's somebody that, you know, believes in people. You know, he's a glass half full kind of person. Um, and I think that's helps him in terms of his leadership and it helps him in terms of his play because when he throws an interception, he doesn't, he doesn't sulk. He doesn't get worse. He gets better. He gets more aggressive. Yeah. He starts saying, all right, let's get it back. Let's do better. Um, and I think that's one of the, his best qualities is his ability to, you know, see the positives and things and, and be able to move on and move past it. And he does that with his other players not playing well. Right. You know, now, in my opinion, one of the, the greatest quarterbacks of all time, maybe my favorite player of all time outside of the Baltimore Ravens organization was Peyton Manning. Manning Manning was very different. If you made a mistake um, and you were a wide receiver for Peyton Manning, you were never getting the ball again. It was like, go to the side. There, I can't remember who it was. But there was somebody in his uh, first year playing with Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was like doing really well. Peyton started trusting him, and then he messed up like one time. Peyton Manning looked at him, threw him at the side, like just like hinted at the sideline. He walks to the sideline, and the defense and the offense and the head coach is like, "What are you doing? Get back out there! You're on this play." And Manning just goes, "No, there's somebody <laughs> else down here." Like, Lamar's not that type of guy. Like, you know, I'm not trying to say you have to be like Peyton Manning to be great. Lamar's not yeah. that type of guy. He, you know, he get, he builds faith in his players. Peyton yeah. Manning expected perfection. Um, and Peyton Manning, you know, with the amount of time he put in, you can demand for, uh, perfection when you're, you know, a, a five-time MVP and, you know, multiple-time Super Bowl champion. Sure. Um, that was, I think that was towards the end of his career, right? That was not young Peyton. Um, yeah, he was struggling. Yeah. <laughs> so – you know, it's always interesting to see the way the quarterbacks lead, but you know, I'm not none of these players are going to just be way better than all the others. All three wide receivers, I think, are going to get theirs, they're going to score touchdowns, they're all going to get yards, they're all going to have big games. Um, which you know, someone asked about fantasy football, that's going to make it tough for fantasy football. Um, for sure. not gonna lie, it's gonna make it really tough. But if you have Lamar, it'll be pretty good. But you know, kind of transitioning in, um, to the final section or segment. We all know Lamar Jackson is new era eight, right? We've got a new offensive coordinator. We've got, you know, we're spending money on wide receivers. We got Zay Flowers in the first round. We ended up trading for a, a linebacker and then paying him a lot of money. The Ravens don't give out a lot of big time contracts um, to teams that aren't or players that aren't homegrown, mm-hmm. but they did that with Roquan Smith. Is this a new era in Baltimore or maybe? Are we waiting for the, I'll say, farewell of John Harbaugh for that to really start? <sighs> uh, let's 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 clear let's clear the air now. Long as we are in playoff contention, John is st- John is staying here. Only way I see something it, this season we had the goal crazy negative for them to say, you know what? Hey, Todd, or hey, Mike McDonald, you want to get moved up? Like, I, that's the only way, and because they, they're not going to go out and actually search for a head coach. I feel like Eric DeCosta will keep, will just keep one of the guys in-house and just bump them up. Um, but honestly, you know, I do feel like this is the beginning of a new era because this, is this Lamar's sixth year? Uh, wow. Yeah. Sixth year, fifth, fifth year starting as a QB. Well, who would have thought? Who would who would have thought from draft night, from draft from his draft experience, 
everybody wanted to play QB. No, excuse me. Everybody wanted to play wide receiver and running back. And now he's a, he's been a starting he's been a starting QB going on his fifth year as a, as a starter. This is this is a is a, a truly a, 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 a miracle story. Bless. I do feel like this is a new era for him. I do feel it's a new era for this team for the simple fact that we have we have the duos in the secondary with Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton. Both of these, and I believe Marcus is just now 25, 26. Kyle Hamilton's around 22, 23. Um, yeah, Marcus Williams is 26. I know, I know Pat that was drafted onto the Ravens team. He's younger than them. And Roquan is right 25. So, so you got catalysts, you got a strong core on both, on both, um, On both on, on both our groups, and even in a defense. Yes, I know everybody. You know, wait for a Dafio Ways breakout, um, breakout to happen. Uh oh, looks like Joshua disconnected. <laughs> I'll I'll add in. I'll, I'll continue going on this. Um, you know, when you're looking at the Ravens, you know, team the way that it's constructed, the age, it's young, the players are young. It's new. It's fast. It's flashy. Unlike the you know traditional old Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to have a different take. I'm I'm going to say that I think that the Baltimore Ravens, when you think about what they do, I think John Harbaugh is really the new era. I think when John Harbaugh took over, it became a new era in Baltimore. Um, and and it didn't like it didn't happen as in you know new turn of the page. It was it was slow. You know, it really shifted when Ray Lewis ended up retiring because he was the leader of those teams. Uh, but when Ray Lewis retired, it, it kind of turned into the Harbaugh era. And I'm going to say that I think it's still the Harbaugh era. I don't think we're getting out of that. I don't think Lamar's going to be able to get the Ravens out of that. I think the Harbaugh era is going to be his thing because he is he's truly commanding everything. You know, he's he's hiring the offensive coordinators, and they're most of the time they're doing a bad job. He's hiring the defensive coordinators, and they're doing a pretty good job. I'm not trying to hate him on that. Um, but the development and everything, it's all been the same under Harbaugh. And, yes, could this year be different? Maybe. But how many times have we said that under Harbaugh? It's always a, could this year be different? And under Harbaugh, almost every time in this new Harbaugh era, post Ray Lewis, it's been, yeah, the Ravens are probably a playoff team. And that's it. You don't say contender. You say playoff team. And obviously I hope the Ravens are a contender. I think the Ravens should be a contender this year, but you know, until Harbaugh's gone, I'm not ready to say that it's a new era um, because of the impact that I think he has on the players and the organization and the staff um, in Baltimore and the way that they play. You know, the aggressive nature, the the analytics based, you know, approach that that's that's always been Harbaugh's thing is he wants to do, you know, it his way. And that way hasn't really changed. He brings in his friends to coach with them, which I, you know, it's not a bad thing if you have good friends. His friends are very good, like his friend Greg Roman. So it just makes it a little bit difficult. It makes it tough, but overall, um, it, it it ends up not working out. You know, in the postseason, a lot of times, and the coaching has fallen apart, and that's been a consistent theme for seven, eight years. Um, under the Baltimore Ravens with John Harbaugh. So 
yes, the thing maybe management is in a new era with how Eric DeCoste is handling everything, but in terms of just the team as a whole, I'm not ready to say it's a new era yet until I see it, and I don't expect to see it. Even if the Ravens win the Super Bowl, I don't expect to see it until Harbaugh is gone um, in terms of differences in the organization and differences in the team and differences in the culture. Because I think culture is the biggest thing about an era. And I think it's one of the biggest things about a team is the culture rather than the players, rather than the style. I think it's the culture. And the Ravens have had one culture under John Harbaugh. The Ravens have two, had two cultures in their history. Ray Lewis culture, John Harbaugh culture, nothing else. Because Ray Lewis was here from day one. There's been two eras. I don't see a new one starting anytime soon. But, you know, unless Joshua ends up joining in the in the next, you know, couple of minutes, it's probably going to be the end of the episode. So thank you all so much for watching. Subscribe for Daily Ravens content. Make sure to let us know your guys' thoughts and opinions on everything. Um, you know, let us know any topics, ideas, you know, videos, Ravens related or not. We'll talk about that as well. Thank you so much. We'll see all of you again next time.